Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 57 of the Interviews podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Inter Udinese, which finishes 4-0 to the hosts at San Siro with goals from Hakan Chalanoglu in the 37th, Federico Di Marco in the 42nd, Marcus Turam in the 44th. That's three goals in seven minutes. If you didn't pick up on that, and Lautaro Martinez kills it off in the 84th minute, which I, with, I think, his 13th league goal, which is just staggering at this point. As always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, and uh, we've got a sub in here for Gianni, uh, the incomparable, the immeasurable Nick Diani of the Kicks and Picks pod. Nick, thanks for jumping on. Thank you for having me. As always, uh, you're going to have to start calling me Nikki interviews because uh, I'm that's it. I'm here. I think I'm now officially ahead of Nima. If you know, I did, if I did the stats, correctly, I think we're going to start doing like SNL guest. where they give out the gold jacket for <laughs> for a certain amount of appearances. So you'll be getting one of those. Soon. I love it. Um, but thanks for jumping on. How before we dive into it, how are you doing so far this weekend with the wagers? Well, I will tell you, we had Inter. We actually had beautiful. Inter to win by two or more goals. So that was, you know, a beautiful thing to watch. As you said, that first half uh, started off a little slow, but we were sitting very comfortable at the break. So that was a nice one. We had Juve yesterday. Um, I think, I don't know how much you want to get into that game, but it just seemed like Napoli is is trending in all the wrong directions. So uh, yeah, you must have okay. sent uh, DM so to Cavada, letting him know... <laughs> what you had on the game because that was brutal uh but regardless we sit here um to discuss an inter team that that is back on top of the table after juventus uh jumped over them um with the game in hand but we are back on top of the table on 38 points with a two point lead over juve milan losing earlier in the day to atalanta which puts them at 29 points so um, the race is starting to define itself between two teams that, you know, I think it's fair to say that Inter probably play the best football in the league. Uh, and Juventus is playing a style of football that the rest of the league is is having a lot of trouble with, with an obvious focus on uh, on the defensive phase. But coming into the season, is this what you expected as far as uh, the title race? Did you expect it to be a one-two race between these teams, given that, you know, Juve's playing, is a strong enough team with only playing a game a week? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that point. I mean, everybody kind of zeroed in on that. They keyed in. They said, hey, this is going to be a massive advantage for Juventus. And turns out they were right, right? That's a it's indisputable at this point. I think you mentioned it defensively. They've been really, really tough to break down. Uh, and they're the most consistent team, right? We're not going to compare them in, to Inter in terms of play style. We can't compare them to Inter even in terms of talent, right? Overall roster. But they chug along. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They get three points. So um, I actually, you know, I had them definitely in top four. I didn't think that they would be off to this strong of a start. Kudos to Max and his team. Um, but Inter are exactly where we thought they would be. They're where the bookies thought they would be. I mean, they were the overwhelming favorites to win the league. 
it's uh it's been fun to watch i mean <laughs> I, I don't have too much more praise i can heap on this team i mean this game was uh i can't point out one thing they did poorly i think maybe there was a 10 15 20 minute spell in the second half where they took their foot off the gas but i mean at that point you have four subs in the game you're cruising to a three nothing lead and you still score a goal after that so i mean perfect football game for for anybody yeah uh yeah especially the league leaders right i had tweeted about it during the game like it's it was kind of important that this game was put to bed or at least not one where we suffered um deep into the second half because we do have um a champions league clash coming up this week against sociedad that's ultimately going to decide who wins that group so the best case scenario for today would be put the game to bed early in the first half and be able to pull some guys in the second half and that's exactly how it played out this is going to be a bit of a quick pod um we have some commitments to attend to so as far as the story of the game inter was dominant from the first minute i think we've talked a lot about some of the slow starts that inter has had this year this was not a slow start from the perspective of them you know peppering udinese with shot after shot and attempt after attempt they really came out the blocks flying and I think one question that I'll ask you before we get into the rest of this this game, I'm seeing a lot of conversation from Interisti who are on Twitter and they skew a little bit younger. And they're saying that this is the best Inter that they've seen in their lifetime in terms of the football that they're playing. You've seen a lot of Inter sides. You've seen the banter era. You've seen the trouble, <laughs> the trouble winning team. What, what do you make yeah. of what Inzaghi has done in his third year at the club this is obviously the team that's playing the best football in his yeah. tenure, but is there any truth to them playing the best football that we've seen from Inter in the last 20 years? That's a tough claim to make um, because obviously you said, right, we saw Jose's team, we saw the treble, the the talent on those teams, the consistency of some of those players, even before they ultimately won the Champions League. Uh, we can't compare that to this team. Right, at least not yet. Um, I I will say, I love Inzaghi. Obviously, I'm still sad Lazio let him go. What he's doing, um, you know, this is this is proof that if you're patient and you set realistic expectations and you make smart moves and you you know you let people grow into the game, the results can come. Uh, I think we've become a a society, a, a footballing ecosystem, I guess, is what I'm trying to say of like, man, results need to be immediate, right? We're looking at the man cities of the world win every single year. That's fantasy, right? That that doesn't happen. Uh, we're, we're looking at players like Messi, Ronaldo for the last 10, 15 years who scored 30 goals a year. Not every team has that, right? So um, the patience that Inter has had i guess with uh you know look at a guy like lotardo right we we spoke about him when we previewed the season he's been fantastic right he's he's good consistent player i argued he had room to grow well i I look pretty good 15 games into the season right because he is absolutely exploding could they have stuck with lukaku instead could they have made a splash for maybe somebody else that was on the market could they have sold him when they had financial troubles Sure, they could have done any of these things, but they didn't. So building that foundation, having these players uh, be able to play with each other, I, I think is something that doesn't get talked about 
enough. Um, but to answer the the young Twitter interkids, I mean, we're seeing some fluid football where you're not getting a lot of egos, where you can swap three, four pieces at a time. We routinely see this team bring on three guys, at, you know, at once in the 60th minute, and there's no drop off in quality. There's no drop off in play style. That is very fair to say that that's you know the best Inter probably in in 15 years. Yeah, I, mean, I, I really I like kind of your point about letting the project breathe a little bit and really you know form without being so quick to pull the trigger. You know, I was one of the fans that was out on Inzaghi after the poor run of form last year. And then, you know, in terms of the project bearing fruit, we've got a couple of cups, um, Supercoppa, Coppa Italia, a deep Champions League run. But ultimately, you know, it's the second star that matters the most. And I think we've made the right opening sure. to the season to really stamp our claim towards uh, towards bringing that in. Um, but as far as the game goes... Hakan opening the uh, the scoring in the 37th minute. Was that a penalty for you? I think Grella on Paramount Plus was sort of saying that it was a little bit soft. From my perspective, it's a pull on the shoulder that clearly impeded him from getting to the ball. But what did you think of uh, of the call there? Yeah, listen, I, first off, let's, let's get on the same page or let me make this statement we it's going to be impossible to pick and choose refereeing decisions game in and game out it is consistently bad from Serie has been all year has been longer than this year i thought it was a penalty i think certainly um one thing that maybe goes into that decision is inter controlling the run of play inter really kind of dominating getting their chances and then you say to yourself okay well it's a 50-50 play i think it was a little more than 50-50 but even if it's a 50-50 play they've kind of yeah. earned the right to get that penalty. Like I, you know, I can't speak for the referee that that goes into it, but that's kind of where my mind went when I heard some of the criticism of the call. I definitely thought it was a penalty, um, you know, in real time. Yeah. There's almost, there's a piece of I'm me that field. knowing that Inter has received the most penalties given in the league this year, it's like almost, you know, you're happy that calls are going your way, but you almost, uh, you can start to hear the discourse before it even starts about, about Marotta league. Anytime a penalty is given against Inter. I mean, for me, it was a pullback on the shoulder and Hakan gets to number seven on the season. You know, when you, generate the most chances and when you have the most goals scored you're yep. going to get the most penalties i mean i listen it's banter i understand but at the end of the day you you make your own luck to a certain degree even if they only got 50 percent of the penalties they'd still lead yeah. the league in goals um, and then DiMarco comes out and uh just hakan feeds him in a perfect little ball over the top and uh he just slices it into um the bottom corner there i think Parisi got a lot of hype coming into the season um, as a player who could have been breaking out. Uh, Udoji had a great start to life in the Premier League. But for you, Di Marco, is this the clear, not only one of the best left backs in the world, but assuredly the best left back that, that Italy has to offer? Absolutely. There's, there's no comparison. I mean, could he improve a tiny bit defensively absolutely i think that's true for that position as a whole any team any country um because the focus has been so attack minded uh, for that type of role but uh between 
I would say from January of last year on, there's yeah, no just, comparison. Yeah, I mean, you know, mind. we've we've gotten on DiMarco a bit on this podcast just because there has been some inconsistency as far as his offensive game and his defensive game, like you just brought up. But the numbers in terms of goals and assists, you know, clearly state that this guy is is one of, if not the best wing back um, in Europe. So he lashes one into the bottom corner. Inter takes a two nothing lead. And within a few minutes, within two minutes, two minutes actually, uh, Mkhitaryan puts a ball over the top that Turam gets on the end of. Gotta get your opinion on another debate here. There's been conversation on who's been the better signing, Christian Pulisic or Marcus Turam. For me, again, I'm the I'm the uh, interista. I have the clear opinion here, but that this is you know part of what you get when you bring on a neutral. What is your thought for this uh, this debate? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's clearly Turam if we're comparing the two. I would probably argue Sommer's actually been better. Um, you know, it's it's apples to oranges, but between the two, it's Turam. Um, he is everything they needed in a forward, right? Um, the goal scoring maybe hasn't been there compared to the output they've gotten out of some guys over the past five, six, seven years, but. I think that will come. Uh, today's goal is a perfect example. Right place, right time. Great instincts. It's like a, a striker's goal. Um, but his hold-up play is outstanding. He seems to complement Lotaro uh, perfectly. And Pulisic has been good, but Milan's a little bit more of a dumpster fire than maybe I thought they would be at this point in time. So we've seen him in a, a number of different positions. We've seen him in and out of the lineup, injuries. Um, he's had a good impact. but He's never going to have the numbers, I think, just naturally playing where he plays. Will he be good for them long term? I absolutely believe so. But Tudam right now is, you know, offensively, and, the you know, partial, the partially the the concerns about Tudam coming into the season was that he wasn't a traditional, you know, center forward. He was used mostly on the wing. But these last couple of goals that he scored against Napoli, uh, against Udinese today, like those are strikers goals where it's just you're timing a run, you're looking for the ball over the top and you're getting on the end of it. He scored two tap-ins in, in two weeks, right? Uh, you know, on top of uh, a goal yeah. like you see against Milan. And, you know, he's just been a revelation. And I think someone that is really connecting with the fans, which is, um, has been pretty, pretty positive to see. And one thing I'll say as a positive for both of those guys, um, again, I, I don't know that you can make a direct comparison, but both of them want the ball. And I feel like that's something we've lost a lot in Serie A. We, you know, there's a handful of guys that are like that. You know, we, we saw Cavada had a great year last year, but he's not afraid of the moment. He, he wants the ball. He's comfortable even without it, right? Uh, making really, really smart movements freeing up Lotaro or whoever happens to be carrying at the time. So he's really done it all. I mean, listen, I, I watch most games. I haven't watched every minute of every game the way you have. What's the weakness there in this game? Doesn't because seem I to haven't be one. seen it. There doesn't seem to be one. It's strength. It's hold-up play. It's the ability to get past his man. It's the ability to finish. Like, no. you know, I think he's fluffed a couple shots. He's had one against Napoli. He had one earlier in the season where you really expect him to put it away. But he's scoring right so it's you can't really uh harp too much on his game um and let's see i think the big key here is that there is for inter offensively is that lautaro and turam are such a great partnership that going to the bench pieces we talk about inter's depth a lot in different departments across the pitch it's great in terms of wing back depth in terms of you know the depth in the midfield it's great but 
there is a significant drop off when it comes to Arnautovic and Alexis teaming up with either of those guys. So a lot of what we see this year in terms of a title challenge for Minter is going to be contingent on whether or not those two guys can stay healthy. Because if they're on the field together, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll continue to be productive. And I think that's, we've seen Lautaro go through slumps in the past with various different strike partners. I don't see that being the case here with Duram, just on the strength of their relationship. They just work so well with each other. Yeah, for your sake, uh, I hope not. I mean, it, it's going to happen, right? He's going to have a three, four goal game stretch where he's not going to score. That's inevitable. But uh, you mentioned the depth, and I think you're right. Like, yep. Alexis is what, 35, 36 years old now? I'm shocked to even see him on the roster. But go through the top seven. I mean, who who has it better? Who, you know, if any one person is out on any of those teams, yep. they're in a same or worse situation. You got a team like U of A with their 80 million euro striker who, Hasn't scored in what two months? I, I mean, so yeah. Give me Arnautovic. And I don't don't know. get me started. It's, it's not the worst thing. Everyone in the world. knows I'm a huge fan of his, but um, yeah. Inter takes a three nil lead into the break, and second half. You know, you mentioned that there was a little bit of slowdown. It's games like this are if they're decided. So um, if it's so clear that there's going to be there's a dominant team and it's a winner, the second halves of these kind of games, like they do tend to slow down, but at no point in time was Udinese really a threat in that second half, except for the Lorenzo Luca um, offside goal, which came a little bit from Somer spilling out, but he was offside, so it didn't really matter. But outside of that, Inter still bossed the game and, and continued to create chances. Um, and then, of course, there comes, uh, you know, the leading uh, Capo Canoniere in the league, Lautaro, who it's going to be talked about that finish, but also just getting stuck into the tackle to win the ball high up the field. Uh, Arnautovic does a good job pulling the defenders away from Lautaro, and then the Capocanoniere slots it into the corner. What do you see that's different from this version of Lautaro compared to to the past that's allowing him to reach these sort of heights in terms of goal-scoring numbers? You know what? It's um, It's another year of maturity. I think he went through... As much as any footballer could go through last year, he won a World Cup. Uh, you could argue about his contribution, but he was there, right? He had that experience. And then he lost the Champions League final. So I, I think there's got to be something between uh, the ultimate win and the ultimate loss, right, in football. So I think just that hunger that maybe he didn't have uh, is something that's showing up a little bit more this year. And I think, you know, knowing that he was going to have to carry the load um was he going to rise up to that occasion or was he just going to stay stick with the status quo well i think we're seeing what kind of um mentality he has uh, to me that's and a that's player kind of that seems to really love you know the colors of inter and is in line for a renewal till 2028 which is is huge because you would imagine if they're conti- if they're keeping Lautaro on this team that they're going to continue to try to keep it as competitive as possible um, and take advantage of having a player that's entering into what is hopefully his prime years in football. And, you know, he could eventually be one of the greats for this club, a club that has had many, many great strikers um, all throughout history. Ronaldo, Vieri, Adriano, just to name a couple of the ones from from my era, not even counting Altobelli, Meazza and so forth. Um, he's already rocking, rocketing up the the scores list. He's in the top 10 already, and, and we'll see how things shape out for his inter career if that renewal is able to be completed. 
and that's your game. Uh, it's four nothing Inter. <laughs> it's uh, you know. We can talk about all the intricacies of what we saw today. I think what we'll do is actually go through the players and we'll talk a little bit about the performances. But from start to finish, a dominant performance from Inter and, and they're back on top of the table. All right, let's start with the easy one. Jan Sommer, nothing really to uh, to write home about today. Um, doesn't take away from the fact that he's been brilliant, but you can't really... Can you even grade him at this point? <laughs> he's got He's got nothing to really grade off of. Yeah. It was at one shot yep. against one save, I think, the whole game. So good job. A uh, little little fortunate, maybe. But like I said, the team in front of him kind of fell yeah, asleep. And you can, so not, you can't even really talk say. about his distribution Deserve either because it's like they didn't really use him. They were so high up the field that they didn't even really use him in the buildup. Um, and then we get to the defense. So coming into this game, we know that Bastoni is coming into the game after some time uh, down with an injury. Pavard not coming back until the Lazio game. Uh, is that is? Are you just Ooh. finding out about this? Yep, yep. So he'll be That's potentially on the bench for the Lazio game. Um, and then Devray also goes down with an injury. So Acerbi takes a place in the middle of the park. Bastoni makes his start uh, coming into the team, and then Bisek gets uh gets a start, gets a nod from the from gets the nod from the beginning. And this is a player that we've seen impress in the Champions League um, with some really really good performances, even if it was a little up and down against Benfica, but he comes in against Udinese today. And I was blown away with how comfortable this kid is on the ball and, and in the attacking third. I don't know if you've seen a lot of him, but what was your impression after the game of, of the young German uh, defender? Yeah, he actually stood out a lot. I don't think he misplayed a pass the whole game. I mean, I'm sure he did, but it didn't seem like he did. He was just... Um, every time he had the ball, it seemed like he made the right decision. I think he had a, a really good uh, attacking chance. Right? Uh, I think he had a shot on target mistaken. from maybe the corner, um, but let me double check while you while you go through that. Gotcha. Uh, or, or yeah, I know he was definitely pushing forward. Where you know he uh, he was noticeable. So, like I said, I, I think every decision he made seemed like a good one to me, and it was uh, yeah, definitely the first time I've on long it. balls, which is pretty impressive from your your right center back just switching play like that. There you go. Um, yeah, I thought he was doing a great job overlapping with Darmian, and this is a performance that should give Inzaghi some confidence around Devray's injuries, Pavard's injuries, and sort of letting him ease back into into the team instead of rushing uh, Benji back. Uh, Acerbi solid you've seen a lot of him throughout his whole career um anything stand out to you about his game today yeah <laughs> professional really. yep there usual professional you know. performance from Acerbi. bastoni comes into the game and uh or comes in you know to the side from the start and he gets 56 minutes which is to be expected with sociedad coming up and coming off an yeah. injury i thought he looked i thought he looked good i didn't think that there was much um that stood out. I thought he was doing a good job getting into the attacking third and combining with DiMarco and putting in some crosses. Um, but he had a good game for me today. Yeah, I don't recall him even yeah. having to make any defensive plays. So it is good. It is good. I guess that's good. Uh, the ever solid Matteo Darmian puts in a shift on the right. So underrated, man. I mean, so in my opinion, he should be starting over Di Lorenzo in the. The national team, I think he's just more defensively solid, um, and I don't think he's that far of a drop-off uh, offensively, but he came in, did his thing on the right wing, 
a safe player, right? You don't feel like he's putting you in difficulty ever. And then also he, th- he comes into the game uh, on the left-hand side of the pitch when Cuadrado comes in and puts in a shift over there. So I think, you know, he gets 90 minutes with Dumfries being down as well and Cuadrado work- working himself back into full fitness. Inzaghi's going to be asking a lot of Darmian over these, these next few games. Um, but he's a player that you always feel can rise to the occasion. Absolutely. Just dependable, reliable. I think he got a bad rap for when he went to United and that team was a disaster. So if you can put that out of your mind and just watch him and, and see how he impacts the game, the calm that he has, the the work that he does, uh, you listen. Great, great, great player for Inter to the have. The Swiss so Army knife. Uh, then we go him. over to the other flank. Uh, Federico Di Marco um, gets himself on the score sheet. He was really good today. Uh, he was really good, really dangerous. A lot of balls into the box. It's still that problem where you feel like there's a high volume of balls into the box from Di Marco, but not a lot of connections. Um, but regardless, like just he's so dangerous out there, and he's such a player that the defense has to take note of because of how deadly he can be on his service that um, he's just difficult to deal with. And I thought he played great today. That's it. Agree. Yeah. What, what could I add? Great finish That's on it. the goal. The other two wingbacks <laughs> that came awesome in as substitutes, game. Cuadrado in the 71st and Augusto in the 56th. Um, Cuadrado, not terribly involved, um, which, you know, we've seen some of his sub appearances be really impactful. And some of them is, is you know, it kind of depends on the flow of the game. And he wasn't really used too often by the team. Um, Augusto, I thought, put in a really good shift defensively. Uh, he's just like a bulldog out there, um, just chasing players down and, yep. you know, doing his best to get into the attacking third. Him and DiMarco did a good job of sort of switching, switching responsibilities, which I said on Twitter, like, it allows them to sort of conserve their energy. If one of them doesn't have to be the one that's constantly marauding up and down the flank, you can sort of switch that off. So again, you know, uh, it's more about the versatility with this team and you have so many players that can fit into different positions in the system. Yeah, hundred percent. And to just slightly add on to that, the defensive presence that they all like, they, everybody kind of has um coming on to the game i think you know typically we've seen these subs come on 70th minute 75th minute inter usually has a lead and like i don't know i don't feel like i've seen carlos or cuadrado like be upset about that right like they kind of just come on they know the job they're gonna have to do they might not get involved in the attacking third as much as they would want to but speaks a lot to Inzaghi's management right I mean you have players that all want the starting shirt but they're you know they're comfortable with their roles and they're they know that if they want more minutes they're gonna have to perform when they get the chance so again um props to the depth of this team management putting that together and also Inzaghi as a coach in the midfield um Everybody was really good today. Chalanoglu gets on the score sheet and also has an assist uh, for Di Marco. Um, he was really good. Just, you know, doesn't make you miss Brozovic when he's out there because he's really made this Regista role his own. Mkhitaryan gets uh, an assist uh, to Turam. He was the one that played the ball into Turam. I thought he was really um, 
good with his defensive positioning today. He had a tough ask with following Lazar Samardzic around the pitch, but he did his job effectively, you know, outside of one Maisie run that Lazar had. Lazar ended up getting hauled off in the 60 second. So obviously Mickey diminishes uh, his effectiveness. But as far as, you know, his ball retention, it was much better today. This is a much better shift from uh, Mikitarian, And then Barella, you know, just a danger man. Um, just a danger man. This was not a performance that he had to really stand out and put the team on his back, but he is rounding into the kind of form that we didn't see earlier in the year. Was there any standout for you in terms of uh, of the midfielders today? Yeah, I was more so going to praise Barella just because I think similarly, I've been kind of hard on him. Um, just, you know, this is a guy that where people are saying, hey, he's a world-class midfielder. Well, I'm waiting to start to see world-class performances week in and week out. We hadn't really seen that, especially early on in the year. And testament to the team for how good they've been when he has been kind of just there. Um, But the past month or so, he's turned it on. It's like he he heard my criticisms. uh, And like you said, he didn't have to stand out today, but he was still noticeable. Everybody was noticeable. I mean, it's tough to pick one over the other, I guess. Um, John Oglu had probably the man of the match, right? He had the goal assist um i don't know stuff everybody played well um mkhitaryan too i have to give him a little bit of credit man he's gotta be what 34 35 years old like yeah good for him you know he's having like a a renaissance with his career i mean he's always been good but i didn't think he'd be able to play at a level better than he was at roma or better than he was you know at previous clubs and, and this another is the best, player um, that Inter is considering uh giving an extension to um you know my pref exactly I my mean, it's it looks like it'll long, be two years but my preference is that that extension allows him to transition to being a bench piece and more of a guy that can soak up minutes when you need um and for us to get you know maybe more fratesi or or another midfielder in here like kefren turam or something of that like yeah. but um, anyway, we also get uh, uh, cameos from Stefano Sensi, which that's very exciting. I didn't see, I didn't see an injury. I didn't see anything. Yeah, he good. It was, uh, it was a little rusty. There were some passes that he was playing that put his team teammates in a little difficulty. But um, you know, Sensi comes in and gets some minutes, and hopefully, a team is intrigued enough to to move for him because we're not renewing his contract, um, and maybe we don't have to lose him for free. Uh, although that looks like. I think he'd do well in that. Come to Lazio, yeah. bro. Please. I have to see fucking Vecino come on in the 80th minute when we're tied or down a goal. The, Another the people have game. definitely like, turned on shit, Vecino. So the I'll discourse on Twitter is not kind. No. Bro, his, his like one 90th minute goal a season can't make up it's for crazy. the other 34 games. Um. All right. And then Aslani also gets some minutes. Not super effective um but uh you know he does his job sorry i'm getting an espresso delivered to me by the missus thanks so much Nick oh, Lundlund, if you could just where can i get one throw that on thank you uh <laughs> so yeah that's the uh the midfield performances and then up top we have both strikers getting on the score sheet Duram with a tap in you know beautiful movement and he was he was good in all phases of the game today um a really good outlet for the team being able to just possess the ball and, and wait for us to sort of move up the pitch while being a danger to, to take you on. Lautaro scores a world class, has a world class finish um, to keep that couple Cananiera race going. So 
uh, good performances from the Tula duo up top. I like it. And so funny, man. Lotado, like, he makes you forget the misses that he has, right? And it's not. It's not even like they're bad, horrible misses, but like he's gotten to a point that you just kind of expect every ball he gets to, he's going to score. So good for him. Um, I'm glad. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal goal. Um, but he, you know, he, he was just as happy before he got that goal, right? Like he has turned also into that total team player. Uh, so I, I think I didn't give him credit for that. Yeah, when he, I was um, earlier. <clears throat> again, it's his team. It's his team, so he's uh, he's acting like it this year. Arnautovic comes on, uh, does his thing in the 56th minute, gives Turam a break. Um, not overly involved, but dangerous enough to you know pull defenders out of the way for Lautaro, and you know tries little flicks and tricks here. Again, he's not he's not uh, fully into his rhythm yet. I guess is the right way to say it, but. You know, who knows with time and uh, these these cameos, maybe he can find his feet. Yeah, and is he fully? Yes, fit? aside like from the small fracture that he has or... on his hand, I think uh, you know he'd be able to give us a shift. Um, but he's a he's a kind of a lumbering forward gotcha. these days. He, he's definitely lost a little bit. Well, he's yeah. another guy, yeah. right? He's, he's be been 34, around. So, I mean, and he's, he's another around. one that we have for the next two years, I think. So, um, yeah, he doesn't have the athleticism that he he once did, but it doesn't mean that he can't contribute. You know, he's he can he can be that sort of muscle you off the ball kind of striker, and he the t- technique is still there. So, that is the team. Um, a great performance all around. Inzaghi nails it uh, from start to finish today. And Inter takes home the three points back on top of the league, looking ahead to a really important match against Sociedad. I guess I'll I'll get your opinion on this. Do you how much stock do you put into what place you qualify for the round of sixteen in? Because it seems like every year you can finish, you know, top of your group and still get drawn with you know, a PSG could potentially finish second, or you have a lot of teams that that could yeah. finish second. Do you put a lot of sure. stock into where you finish, or for you, is it just important to just get into the round of sixteen, and then from there, you know, it's knockout football. It doesn't matter whether you get an easy team or a hard team; you got to beat them all. Yeah. Yes and no. Uh, I think you're exactly right about the second point. I, I mean, I think so. As a Lazio fan, I am fucking thrilled they're going to the round of sixteen. Just wanted them to qualify. Don't care who they're playing. Don't care how they got there. Um, for Inter, it, it's tough because we saw last year they got a favorable draw. Now, that's not taking away from what they did in the group stage. That's not taking away from who they beat. That's not taking away from how they played against City in the final. But you, if you set yourself up, you know, the best you can. I mean, that's the name of the game here. Are they going to be heartbroken if they don't win the group? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Because winning the group is not the ultimate goal. But uh, I think the more favorably you can set yourself up, if it's in your destiny, if it's, if it's in your own control, you should I'm absolutely really go out and I'm really interested to see that. how Inzaghi plays this. Because you do have Lazio coming up in the league. Like, that's another... <laughs> That shouldn't but be a problem. A, that's based still, on what I'm they're a good side. I mean, like there are players that legitimately scare me every time because they play well against it. Luis Alberto plays well Ooh. every. He's always a thorn for Inter, always. Okay. And um, 
you know, it's a tough, it's a tough game. And obviously with Juventus breathing down our necks, like it's really important that we continue to pick up points there. So I'm curious sure. to see if Inzaghi with all these injuries, uh, Devray out, Dumfries out, Pavard out, Bastoni and Cuadrado getting back to full fitness, you know, if he really goes for it and, and we'll see how much of a priority he puts on uh, finishing first in the group. Um, and it is a home game, right? You don't want to have Sociedad sort of pippy to the top spot, you know, in San Siro, especially with the... In, we need to I'm win. Wrong. Yeah. Inter need to win, yeah, right? We need to, to win. Finish the, so, to the group. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, Sociedad's been good. They've not only been good in the Champions League, obviously, but they've been really good in they're Spain. Really they don't good team. lose many There's... games. Um, it, it's listen. It's one of the. It's one of those teams where, like, if you gave me a million dollars to name five players, I couldn't do it. But ever, like, every time I watch them, like, I'm impressed. I, I leave the game saying, "Wow, they, that team moves the ball well. They make smart decisions. They take their chances." Um, I, I've walked away with that sentiment four or five times this year between, you know, Champions League and just random games I catch. So um, I think some of those guys are going to be household names sooner rather than later. Yeah, they're, they're not a pushover not team. A, they're a absolutely team. top four in set AI. I think if you just drop them in the league, like I could absolutely see them making top four. So we'll see how that goes. Um, a big game coming up. But regardless, I think our time here comes to uh, comes to a close. Nick, I really appreciate you jumping on. Why don't you go ahead and, and plug what you got going on these days? Yeah, listen, I want I want the reason why Gianni couldn't make it because I see, uh, you know, he didn't take a break from Twitter, but he took a break from interviews. Yeah, so, it's, uh, uh, we're in a legal story, dispute because he's talking too much shit about the uh, Yankees on Twitter. So, <laughs> oh, you definitely don't want me on then. Um, no, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me. It's always, always a pleasure. Um, you know, you guys are doing some great work here. Um, Kicks and Picks podcast at Kicks Picks Pod on Twitter. We're covering Serie A, the Premier League, basically any big matchup throughout Europe, Champions League, uh, whatever it is. We're giving you some bets and some analysis on those bets. So uh, if you enjoy that, give us a follow, give us a listen. Do you want to um, always appreciate you having me? You know, do a little favor for the interviews listeners. Do you have a pick for tomorrow? Have you looked at the slate? Oh man, let me. Oh sure, I'm got... just gonna see what games are. Man, I had Milan. I had Milan uh, <sighs> win or draw today, and they Terrible. gave up that and, fucking ninety fifth minute. They haven't got a defensive hurt. crisis, so, and their captain, I... who's a defender, gets himself sent off. Just terrible. Yeah. So the one thing I'll say to <laughs> any, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for twenty five seconds here. Uh, anybody who bets regularly or watches this league regularly or is new to it like Serie A is so frustrating because you're not getting very inconsistent out of these teams week in and week out you look at you look at Atalanta last week who give up three goals to Torino who look like they never played football in their lives and then today they come and pretty much dominate Milan from start to finish granted you mentioned Milan is is going through a crisis of their own but um it's tough from week to week so it's been an uneven season for us here um, I knew it. I think Bologna at <laughs> Salernitana. That's a game where, uh, listen, Bologna is the better team. Uh, they're they're in good form. The odds are favorable, right? You can get them pretty much at even money, so you don't have to lay a big amount to get a win. I think that's solid. Um, I actually like Fiorentina to upset Roma. I think that's just, and Fiorentina's not good. I'm not a fan of theirs. I'm not a believer in theirs, but 
I think Roma has definitely struggled. Um, and this just seems like one of those weird games. Also, because that, they have such an opportunity again. to so not only I, like, solidify fourth, but also like try to get close to exactly. Milan. So it exactly banana peel. So I, I just like if you're looking for an underdog, yeah, I, I think this Fiorentina team is is, is the and underdog are you play that I like. Orsolini well. anytime goal scorer. Uh, unfortunately, oh, still hurt. He? Otherwise, Damn. I would be. I pretty much take it. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully you uh, you end up with uh, some positive units this weekend. Again, really appreciate you uh, you jumping on. Appreciate and that's that. all for us. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. <laughs>